Hello and welcome to a special episode of CoachCast by England Football Learning, the coaching podcast that brings you insight from people across the game. And today we'll be chatting to three learners from this year's Pro Licence course. We'll be talking to them about their role in the game, the key skills that they think coaches need, and hopefully getting some top tips from them. All sounds good. Let's get started. So we're delighted to be joined by Amy Merritt who is Brighton and Hove Albion Women's Assistant Manager. So, first of all, welcome to CoachCast. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm well, thank you. Excited to be here. Good. We're excited to have you. So, you've been in Brighton since 2015, but before that you've had multiple different coaching roles. Could you tell us a bit about those roles and then also what the role is that you've got at the moment? Absolutely. Firstly, I grew up with a real love for the game. Two older brothers, so played in the garden with them 24-7. Granddad, a real lover of football as well. So that got me into football initially. And then I was a part of Crystal Palace's women's team as well as their college programme. And they had the coaching course as part of that programme. From the start of that course, I was totally engaged by coaching when I stepped onto the grass and knew what it was what I wanted to do. And from there, I went out to America, to Texas, to coach all different abilities, boys, girls, really good experience. I feel like out there, I really learned my craft in being able to improvise with what you have in that moment, how to engage young children and older children. And then from that experience, I came back, had a bit of time with Gillingham, reserves, player, coach type of role, which was different back out to America, came back and then found myself with multiple roles at the same time. So Millwall Lionesses, under-17s and the development squad at the same time as doing soccer schools during the day and Chelsea Boys Foundation. So running from one to the other, but the, the grass time was huge in that moment in my career. And I think that really helped me get different experiences, work with different people, pick up different ideas, really found myself as a coach and what I believed in and then Brighton the opportunity at Brighton came up which initially wasn't with the first team initially that was with the under 13s with the reserves and the college team so again lots of coaching time and then after a year things changed and I fell into the interim role as assistant it grew from there really so it's been a bit of a roller coaster but um, thoroughly enjoyed it really passionate about coaching. Yeah, so many different wonderful experiences there. What was it like for the first time actually getting out and coaching? Probably a bit daunting at first because I did it alongside my peers um, at college. So, and I, you know, to the mick a bit because I was so, I loved it so much. So a bit daunting. You want to get it right. You want players to enjoy the sessions. But I think, you you know, when you feel so passionately about something, it becomes quite natural and you start to learn how to bring it to life, really. Make it like the game, engage players and ultimately develop them and the team. Have you got any advice for that first coaching experience? You say it's a little bit daunting. What would you say to a grassroots coach who's going out there to coach for the first time? I think we tend to make the game complicated at times and I think you have to keep it simple, specific. It needs to look and feel like the game. It needs to be enjoyable. I think the more you can put yourself in the role of the player and think about the session that you're designing and whether it's going to be high contact time, you know, a lot of movement involved, a lot of touches on the ball, then you're along the wrong right path. I think we tend to complicate things sometimes and try and, you know, rewrite the wheel when it's not necessary. Definitely. Well, if we jump to kind of where we are today, what's your experience of the Pro Licence course been like so far and what's been your favourite part? Really enjoyable. I think it's been very much high challenge, high support. 
It's a great network of coaches and managers on the course as well. So a really good opportunity to hear real life experiences, a good opportunity to upskill. We have speakers that come in and from all different industries. So we had a head of creativity at Google last time, which was brilliant. Been out to France. That was probably one of the most enjoyable weeks because completely different environment, as well as that you have a really dedicated week block We're almost in a bubble and we got a very difficult task around recruitment where we had to present back to a board in limited time. So it was realistic in terms of the world that you live in in pro game. But like I said, high challenge, high support in that moment because the tutors are there and they're guiding you through. Um, You get instant feedback. So you're able to take it back into your world straight away. So really enjoyable course. And I think it's uh, certainly stretched me. Looking at that experience, but then also other coaching and course experience, how do you feel Dave helped you to develop as a coach? I think the opportunity, I just touched on it, to network with other coaches because you can get trapped in your day-to-day role with the same people around you and maybe you end up doing things that you always do. But just the opportunity, having those conversations, being challenged on maybe why you're doing something, help you think from different angles. I think that's good. It's also very energising. You know, you come away from it and you get almost a bit of reset, re-guidance back into where you want to be, as well as that, the opportunity to learn new ideas, take new ideas away from it and try them out. I think that's really important. Is there any, any specific insight that you've got from the course that you think you're going to take back into your role or you've started to already? Yeah, one thing for me would be, I touched on the head of creativity from Google and he speaks about more options equals better decisions. And I think the more that I can step back, give other people a voice, consider other ideas and be comfortable with taking them will only make the teams work better. So I think, you know, how can I bring other people into conversations, make sure we have that cognitive diversity? That that, that would be something that I really want to ensure I do moving forwards. What would you say you enjoy most about coaching? Connecting with people. You know, I think... I truly believe and I'm very passionate about ensuring that people fulfil their potential, whether that is staff or players. And that starts with connecting with them first, understanding them, and then ultimately trying to create a pathway where they can amplify their strengths, but then learn and develop as they go. I think fulfilling potential of the team and the individual is, is certainly my goal. What advice do you have for coaches who are working in the top end of the game? I think it's very easy to get caught up in, I almost keep it, I call it a washing machine, you know, game, you review, you go again, you go again. And I think it's important sometimes to zoom out, take time, think about the long term as well as the short term project and and prioritise what you're going after. Because the reality is you can't hit everything at one moment, which I think sometimes we can get drawn into. But to get real high quality work, we have to take time, prioritise what we're looking to achieve. Those in some cases, it that also works for people who are just starting out as well. You can't do everything to kind of like focus on some key things. Absolutely. And I think, you know, nature of coaching, we want to go from one course to another and another. And some of the best advice I've had from the likes of Hope is to step back you know it's a marathon not a sprint go on to the course and then try and learn and apply that in your day-to-day before thinking about what's next Mm. mentioned about key priorities and a lot of planning what would you say the key priorities are that you keep in mind when you're kind of planning out session design absolutely the players you know what what are they going to get out of it it's not about me as the coach it's about the players and it's about the team where we want to be what is the key outcome the overriding if you like of the session do I want them to come away with a specific principle in mind or is it 
just feel good moment or is it I'm going to really put them under challenge today but ultimately it's about the players we coach for the players not for us so you've been at Brighton's assistant for over six years now so what top tips do you have for people who are working at any level of the game but as part of a coaching pair I would say the more you can connect with the head coach, if you're an assistant, understand them and what they want to get out of certain elements of the game, what that looks like for them, the better you can support. I think the closer that relationship and connection can be, the better the work will be. And you've got to flex in and out of different areas. So I always try and think if the head coach is trying to maybe uh, push a bit more, challenge a bit more, then I have to maybe provide a different angle at certain times. Sometimes it might be a case of I'm saying nothing and I'm observing instead of filling the space all the time. That might be the best way to support and then provide some insight later. So you're really just trying to listen, see, hear, trying to impact some key elements. But you have to understand what the head coach is going after to be able to support them effectively. And does that change with who the head coach is? So obviously you work with the wonderful Hope Powell for, for many years. How have you then worked with obviously the new manager now? Yeah, it changes. Different head coaches have different styles. And and that's where I have to say, you know, you have to understand what they want and also what your role is. So my role with Hope would be very different to what it would be with Jens compared to George Paris, you know. So you have to, what is my role and responsibility? What are my key priorities that they want from me? How can I best support them? And they're different personalities as well. So being able to understand that will help you guide your work and build that relationship with them and help the players. Have you got any top tips for building that relationship with somebody? I think it's communicating, communicating a lot every day with the staff as well as the head coach. You're trying to bridge the staff, the players, the head coach, blend it all together. Make sure that everyone's on the same page. You know, I think the role of the assistant is making sure that everyone is moving in the same direction, has real clarity and can execute the strategy or the philosophy or the methodology that we're going after. That's the role of the assistant. So communication is key. And do you have any, again, specific advice for anyone up and down the game to help people improve their communication? Speaking, mm. questions, listening. I, I think it's it can be quite daunting that you're going to have to go and maybe ask someone, did that go the way we wanted it to today? How can we make it better? How can I be- best support you? But I think sometimes the best question of the assistant is, is there anything else I can do to help you in this area? Or, you know, if you don't ask, you don't know. So the questions are key. Earlier on, you talked about your past coaching roles uh, and many of those involved working with younger players. So we were wondering, do you have any coaching tips to help people at all levels like coaching teenage players at all? Yeah, I would say make it realistic, realistic to the game, make it engaging. I'm, I'm about high energy. I think it needs to be fun. That's why we play the game. So engaging, realistic to the game, competitive, but good competition. You know, so any ideas to bring out, I don't know, maybe you're a goal down, you've got five minutes to to win the game, how do you go about it? You know, different little elements to bring that competition, bring the energy up, bring the fun up, the engagement. I think then you're going to get a win-win. It has been great chatting to you uh, and we're sorry that we've taken you away from the course, but it's been really great to hear about your journey and get some top tips. But we do have one thing just before we let you go. Uh, Now, our regular listeners will know before we finish the show, we'll have a little swift session for you, Jeff. 
Yeah, so the SWIFT session is basically we give you 30 seconds and we ask you to come up with a coaching idea and explain it to us in those 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I've got a timer if you're ready to go. <laughs> so it'll have a little get ready. alarm at the end to let okay. you know when your 30 seconds is up. Okay, if you're ready. Yep. Time starts now. Okay, so I recently used a function practice, two big goals either end, octagon shape, split into thirds, um, 8v8. And I was working on build up against a 4-4-2 press, high press. But what I did instead of locking players into zones is I gave the fullbacks the option if you drop into the zone where the 2v2 of the centre backs and the forwards are, the wingers may or may not come with you. So then they think about the different patterns. Uh, I allowed the central defensive midfielder to drop in and create a 3v2. Time's up. <laughs> That's really <laughs> good. Really well that was. <laughs> Do you want to um, finish that off now the time has yeah. stopped? Yeah. I would just say, you know, think about the shapes. Think about whether you lock in the players or give them the option. And if they take that option, what that then entails. So if you take that option, you could come up against high pressure. What does that mean for everyone else? So you're not trying to limit them, but you're painting the picture of these decisions may mean this and what changes in the way you receive or the way the teammates support you off the ball. And then looking ahead of that, midfield into the attacking third. If you're working an octagon shape, it funnels. So we're changing the player's decision making. It's not really going to involve crossing. It's going to be about quick combinations to finish. In that practice, the wingers wouldn't be in it. It would be more about the nine, the 10 and the eight, et cetera, et cetera. Do I allow more players to enter that third or do I keep it an underload, make it really challenging? So, yeah, try not to lock players in. But it's if you do do this, this may happen. They can come with you or they might not come with you and, and how you deal with that. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Some yeah. great ideas there for coaches. Um, yeah, thank you very much and good luck with the rest of the course. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having me. No thank worries. You. Right, well, next on the show, we're delighted to be joined by Ipswich Town's first team coach, Lee Grant. Lee, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for joining us, Lee. Now, you've recently transitioned from player to coach after a career that saw you make over 500 appearances in goal for the likes of Derby, Sheffield Wednesday and Burnley. Can you tell me how that transition from player to coach has been for you? Relatively smooth, actually. I've been really fortunate that there's not been um, any downtime, actually, between being a player and being a coach. So I suppose that's rare in most cases or some cases, but um, you know, I feel very fortunate that I've been able to, like I say, transition directly into another role. I'm one that I'm obviously excited to be, um, to be challenged by every day. I'm one that I was really hopeful to get involved with. So yeah, really exciting times and um, just enjoying it at the moment. Good stuff. Can you give us a brief glimpse of what life is like as a first team coach and kind of what your roles and responsibilities are? Yeah. Firstly, being there for the players and supporting the manager in whatever it is he may need. Of course, setting training up, being a part of training, driving training, coaching on the grass. I predominantly work with the forwards at our football club. So we, we're fortunate that we've got three first team coaches plus the manager. So we split our group into forwards, midfielders and, and defensive units. And um, I, I'm fortunate that I drive the forwards, so working with the strikers, um, our tens and wide players, which can look like leading team meetings, leading particular sessions or practices with a focus on scoring and attacking play, and then all the other stuff that comes along with it. So just being a coach, whether that's on the grass or off the grass, video analysis and all that stuff. So lots going on and a little bit different to the role I was in previously, where it's very much focused on yourself and what do I need to do to be ready to play and, and, and to perform. 
but yeah, as I say, really, really enjoying that role currently. What insight and experiences have you taken from your playing career into this role? All of it, uh, in short, all of it. So everything that I've done as a player has, has helped, you know, put me in a position where I felt comfortable that I've got a good level of understanding of what a player is likely to experience or, or could experience or is currently experiencing. So I try to draw on those experiences that I've had and um, they've been important really I would say in the early stages because of course I'm in a new role and you have to rely on something and a lot of that is as I say what's gone on before and what I've seen and, and what, how I've seen other coaches deal with things so I'm relying on that stuff heavily but also trying to find my way and be creative and add new things in as well but yeah it's been it's been really important I'm glad that I've had that to be able to to look back on and, and really sort of assess and look at what could be right and what could be good for players going forward. Do you have any advice for coaches or new coaches that are kind of settling into that role? Ooh, advice? I feel, um, I'm not sure I'm ready to give advice <laughs> at my stage, but um, the biggest thing I could probably say and the biggest thing that I've done in this sort of early part of my coaching career is just to try and be authentic and as authentic as possible. So really just be honest with the players and really try and use my own personality and lean into that as much as possible. So that's the thing that's helped me the most and I've found that I've had success in just being myself and not having to worry too much about trying to be fantastic at this or fantastic at that and really just very much relying on my own interpersonal skills and those sorts of things that are helping me be more natural in my role on a day-to-day -day basis I would say. How would you say your early coaching experiences and also your experiences on courses have helped you to develop as a coach? I try to bring all of it into you know what I'm doing on the grass so the work that I'm doing here on the pro license course the work that I've done on my AMB license on my LMA diploma all of that at some time or another will come out a lot of that is done you know subconsciously so it's just things that are, are in there that I'm not even sure that's happening but it's just happening so yeah it's all it's all in there and it's all supplementing the work that I'm doing on the grass with the players on a daily basis and what's your experience of the pro license course been like and What's your favourite bit been so far? It's been excellent. You know, a lot of it has come, a lot of the really highlights for me have come from some of the wonderful people we've had in on the course. We've had, you know, the England men's first team manager come in. So Gareth Southgate came in and spoke to us. We've had hostage negotiators, communications experts, media experts, interesting people from other industries as well. So we've had, oh yeah, Lemis come in from um, the theatre group. So that was excellent. So all this stuff has just helped, I don't know, create an environment where it's like lots of ideas coming in lots of creativity and um yeah for me that's the bit that i've really enjoyed the most getting to really hear from those those people those experts in those other, other fields so lo loads of experiences and loads of experienced people coming in to chat to you what piece of insight would you say you may be taken from the course that you've applied to your role today Oof, that's a tough one we had one very recently from kevin taylor who was uh hostage negotiation expert he's also teaches on the courses for the police and one of the things that he mentioned was being comfortable with silence when we're listening and when we're talking to individuals whether that be a player or whoever but actually allowing them to really empty the tank he called it and I really like that phrase and that'll probably be one that will stick with me in terms of asking a question and sitting back and actually letting that person fully unload and being comfortable with a bit of silence in there to perhaps encourage them to talk a bit more uh, and, to, and to get to the real heart of the matter. So that's something, yeah, I think I'll take with me. It's a really useful one for yeah, a lot really of people like to take on. Can you tell us what you enjoy most about coaching and what key skills you think that people need to become a coach? What do I enjoy the most? Most definitely the players. So I enjoy working with players that 
are motivated and hungry and, and open to learn. So when I come across players like that, which we've got plenty of at Ipswich, so I'm very fortunate, that's the thing that makes me think, yeah, I'm in the right job and I've made the right decision to become a coach because as a former player, we often talk about trying to get back to that feeling of, you know, and that excitement of playing. And for me, it's not necessarily that, but having that closeness with players and the relationship and watching them develop is something that I certainly take huge enjoyment out of. So for me, that's the bit that um, has probably driven me into being wanting to be a coach. But yeah, now I'm in here. That's the bit that excites me the most and, you know, really I enjoy the most. What would you say the key skills are that somebody needs to get into coaching? Ooh, there's, there's lots. There's lots of skills. I think just having good interpersonal skills, though, is one of the best things. So if you're a good communicator, I know from being a player very recently that if you're a good communicator, players appreciate that because players, you know, we strive for clarity and openness and fairness and all of that stuff. And a lot of that stems from good communication. So if you're a good communicator and you're able to do that with ease, then I think you'll, you'll, uh, you'll have a good chance. Really good to have that insight from both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're almost out of time. So it's been really good chatting to you and Thank hope you. that the rest of the course goes really well. But before you leave, potentially we'd like to give you a little challenge if you're Ooh. up for a little challenge. Yes, if you're up for it. <laughs> okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So basically, we always challenge our guests to give us a session idea, but they've only got 30 seconds mm. to give it a go. So quite a lot to pack in in that time. But do you feel like yeah, you're up to that? I can give it a go. <laughs> That's all we ask. Give it a go. I can give it a okay. go. Okay, I've got 30 seconds on the clock and there'll be a little alarm after to let you know when you're All right, up. okay. Good okay. challenge. So time starts now. Um, okay, 30 seconds. We do a speed finishing drill that I really enjoy. Really simple. Um, two teams, let's say 20 players, uh, split into two sets of five. So five on one corner of the uh, box, five on the other corner of the box. Uh, five here, this five working with this five, and they're going down the sides, crossing, attacking. Really simple, but variations on crosses. There's loads more to it that I can't really get in in 30 seconds, um, but we use it for crossing variations, finishing, um, all that Wait. good stuff. Perfect. We sprung that on you. Yes. Really <laughs> yeah, thanks. That. Is there yeah. anything else, any other context you want to add to that at all? Um, not really. <laughs> if I've got diagrams and a pad and paper and all that, I could maybe jazz it up. But yeah, it's it's a session we use that we enjoy. I know the players enjoy it. Saying five, five, five doesn't really explain it very well. Not, not a lot of context to it, but... Um, yeah, it's a finishing session around the box, speed finishing, the players enjoy it. And that's we, enjoy, we enjoy watching it as a coach, yeah. as coach as well. Everyone loves working on finishing, don't they? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Lee. Uh, enjoy the rest of the course. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. And finally joining us on CoachCast today is Lommel SK's head coach, Steve Bold. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, yeah. Um, we're having a good week. Great to hear. Well, now, after a long and successful spell at Arsenal, uh, you've recently made the move into first-team management in Belgium. How have you found that move and the transition into the role? Quite difficult, actually. Being a head coach comes with far more responsibilities than, than I ever imagined, actually. I thought it was just I could command what we do on a football pitch on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, and obviously the game day. So, But there's so much more to do managing staff when you've got problems within the group, managing that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough gig. Is there any advice that you can give to coaches who are looking to step up into first team management? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think the, the, the biggest thing is I took the job and I didn't know any member of the staff. And actually, 
I mean, I'm, I'm saying this is advice. I think either way it can work. But I think at the beginning I thought, oh, maybe I should have come with somebody. Subsequently, six, seven, eight months down the road, I've actually got over that hurdle and it didn't matter. But I think if I'd have been under immense pressure at the time, I think the first thing, maybe somebody who, who I knew deep down would have helped. Looking at today, uh, why you're here for the pro licence, how has your time on the pro licence developed you as a coach? Immensely, actually. The breadth of um, things that we cover, I mean, there's things you, you just don't think about that, that uh, you know, the, the, the way you can influence a conversation, for example, that we did yesterday. I mean, it's, it's enormous, of enormous help. And I guess spending time with lots of the other peers and stuff like that has been important. How important do you think it is for coaches it, to share yeah, ideas? Hugely. I think, I like think the, the actual, besides the stuff that we're doing in the you know day-to-day camp as such, just chatting to, to lads about the experience that they're having, you know, when they've been sacked or, uh, you know, the troubles they're having with the player or whatever it might be. And you sit around having a, a drink in the bar and that's a real learning time. Really helpful. Do you think that... Um, it's something that you'd recommend to any other coaches? To kind yeah, of... I mean, look, I, 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 you know, I, I've been a bit of a, an idiot because I should have done this 10, 12, 15 years ago and always put it off because I, I have to be honest, I never really wanted to manage. But if I'd have done it, I wished I'd done it. And, and I, my biggest thing I'd say to anybody listening that, you know, get on the course as early as you can. Uh, learn as much as you can now because the rest of your career is far better for it. Mm. Looking at coaching in general, what would you say is your favourite part of coaching and what would the key skills be that you think people need to be a coach? My favourite part, surprisingly, would be defending. <laughs> but I've actually enjoyed, I've really enjoyed, I think that the, the game's changed, you know, uh, in terms of coaching over the last 10, 15 years and it's far more tactical than it ever was. So I've had to learn that side and I've, I've really enjoyed that side, you know, playing different ways, even within the same structure. You know, it's, uh, it's been a challenge at times, but one I've really enjoyed. I think absolutely you've got to enjoy, you've got to enjoy being on the grass. If you don't enjoy being on the grass and, and trying to help somebody get better, then, you know, it's, it's a teaching skill. It's, uh, it's what I think that's where the real enjoyment comes in. And certainly for me, when I, when I started um, working with youth, you know, I love that that element of it, just seeing people get better. So match day is what everybody looks forward to, but it can Depends be quite... winning. <laughs> <laughs> <Let> <laughs> <me> tell you. <laughs> but it can be quite hectic. So do you have any top tips to give people to help them coach more effectively on a match day? I think to be as calm as you possibly can, and it's difficult, I have to say, since I've stepped up and, and you know, and I'm, I'm at a quite a lower level and... Fortunately, in my job, I'm not under enormous pressure to win games, but I put myself under pressure, of course. But I find when I, when I get a little bit too pressurised that I don't think straight. I think the most important thing is to take a step back, um, try to be as calm as you can, because it's it's a hectic day and and the result, you know, can can change everything. A, a win is just your sky high. A bad result is a <laughs> it's bad for everybody you know uh, and the whole week's ruined and it's uh, yeah it's not nice and uh, just one more question really before we let you go back uh, to the course because I appreciate the time you're giving us it's kind of following on from that is like the emotions of of the game how do you help players uh, and then how do you deal with it yourself like the emotions of winning and losing well I I think I, I couldn't have learned off anybody better than Arsene Wenger and 
I was, I was privileged to be in, in the private area with him and I saw the enormous pressure and stress that he had behind the scenes. He came in the, in the public view where the players were. The players would never, ever have known. I didn't know that he was like this one until I, I was very privileged and, and, and got to see behind the scenes. So the thing I, I think I've learned or, or try to do is that there's, there's two faces. There's a, there's a private face where, you, you know, you, you, you're worried. You're trying to work out uh, solutions to problems. But when you come this side, the problems are solved with the players. They're, they're very clear where you can. Uh, all the instructions is clear and, and they see that you're not that um, nervous uh, Norris behind the, uh, the the camera or the doors. To round things off, yeah. this is something that we've kind of sprung on you, so feel okay. free to say <laughs> no to it. But whenever we have a guest on I'm the podcast... Singing. <laughs> it's not singing. Don't worry, it's not singing. Whenever we've had a guest on the podcast, we always get them to kind of provide us a swift session, is what it's called. So a session idea in 30 seconds. Do you feel like you'd be up for the a challenge of that? Idea. Basically, you've got to describe a session idea to us in 30 seconds. So we put a little timer on. And you kind of just describe okay. them to any that you've had a go at that you really like doing. I'll have a go at yeah. a back four one. Okay, we'll give it a go. So I'll get my time yeah, Sorry for putting you on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I've just been on the spot in there. So. <laughs> right, so I've got 30 seconds. There'll be a little alarm to let you know when that time's up. Time okay. starts now. So I'm, I'm going to do a back four session with uh, only four players, um, five mannequins on half a pitch. So I'll set the um, the mannequins out as um, a front five, basically. But the but the, the the three central are actually two players. So so you're moving with them. I'm the um, I dictate the, the pace of the the session with the ball. It might be a header, and they've got them in, or I might be running at them, or I might be trying to um, hit the space behind. It's Time's really up. about the <laughs> shape. But. <laughs> But we will let you finish because this sounds yes. like a really good one. Okay, so, so, so it, it's, it, I mean, the, the whole, the whole session is based on distance between body shape. And it, really, the body shape is the most important. You know, um, your chest is facing the ball where you can. Your feet are on 45 degree angles. So when your movement's going, it's off the back foot. You've got, you're not wasting time sprinting. Uh, you're not turning around yourself, so you, you know, that, that split second is gone because the game's moved on and, and it's so much quicker than it was. And that's really the premise of, of, of the session. It's, it's a body shape back four session. Brilliant. Thank Brilliant. you very much. Yeah, thank you very no much. Problems. Good luck with the rest of the course. Thank you. Right, that's all we have time for today. But don't forget to check out the episode description for the transcript of today's show and for all the links to our platforms. There, you'll be able to find the link to the England football community. And this is where you can post your coaching questions for us to discuss on the podcast or simply just to chat to loads of wonderful coaches. Yep, we'd uh, love to hear all of your coaching questions, so please do go and check it out. We'll be back soon with another episode of CoachCast, so if you haven't already, hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. From all of us at England Football Learning, thanks for listening.